This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're awfully glad you could join us again today. We're coming to you from the 2009 AAJ Annual Convention out here in beautiful San Francisco, and uh, it is a beautiful city, but if you've never been out here in July, uh, it now gives greater meaning to what Mark Twain once said when he, when he, what he meant when he said, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. <laughs> I love that line. And it's uh, true because it's really cold out here in the middle of uh, summer. Well, no one likes to lose, especially lawyers. And lawyers spend so much time putting everything into a case that when a losing verdict comes down, oftentimes they blame themselves. And the day-to-day stress of uh, being an attorney can often weigh on your, on your soul and your mind, and even your health. So today on Ringler Radio, we're going to be taking a look at the impact of the power of losing and how attorneys should deal with stress during a trial. Joining me today is uh, one of my Ringler colleagues, Doug Merritt, a settlement annuity specialist in the San Francisco Bay Area. That means he didn't have far to come. And uh, and he's uh, he's been in this business, in the structured settlement business, for quite a while. He has extensive knowledge in cases involving medical malpractice, workers' comp, product liability, mass tort, and uh, even the non-physical injury litigation area. So, Doug, welcome to Ringo Radio. Thank you, Larry. And uh, joining us today as our special guest is a returning uh, guest on Ringler Radio. And I'm proud to say that uh, we had a wonderful chat last time. Uh, he's attorney Gary Gwilliam from the uh, firm Gwilliam, Ivory, Chioso, Cavalli, and Brewer. They're out in Oakland, California, which isn't too far away either. Gary's considered one of the best consumer trial attorneys in the state. His reputation and skill in representing seriously injured plaintiffs is well known. He's handled major cases in every area of consumer law, including serious automobile and construction accidents, product liability, medical malpractice, bad faith. I could go on and on. Uh, Gary, you've done an awful lot in your uh, in your career. Welcome again to Ringler Radio. Larry, it's nice to be back with you again. Well, Gary... Uh, it's kind of it's been a while since we we've had you on here. When was that? About a year or two ago? Oh seven. It was in Chicago. It was oh seven in Chicago. So bring us up to date. What's going on with you? Uh, what's been happening? Well, you know, I'm still practicing law. I've been trying some interesting cases. Got a lot of interesting litigation. And uh, as you know, I've written a book called "Getting a Winning Verdict in My Personal Life," subtitled "The Trial Lawyer Finds His Soul." Yeah. And I've had a lot of fun with that book. Had a lot of uh, nice reviews and. Uh, some awards, and so the book has gone very well. Uh, and then the, the really exciting thing to me is that I'm coming up there on Tuesday to the Public Justice Awards Dinner, and uh, they're giving me the Championship of Justice Award, which I'm very uh, proud of and pleased about. Well, tell so, us about that. That's a, quite a singular honor for yourself. Uh, what what well, is, is that all about? Tell, tell us about well, the award. You know, the, the public justice uh, used to be called trial lawyers for public justice. It's a uh, 
the largest and best-known public interest law firm in the country, and it's supported by a foundation of a lot of good lawyers. And I was the president of the foundation five years ago and have been very active uh, with them for many years. And it, uh, it came as a total surprise to me that uh, I got a call from the executive director, Arthur Bryant, who said, well, we're going to give you this award. It's the highest award we can give, and they're giving it to me and another past president named Tom Dempsey, a great guy from Southern California. And so it's just uh, one of those kind of nice honors that happened in our careers once in a while. Well, you don't get those awards for uh, for nothing, as they say, so um, I'm sure you're, you're, it's very well deserved, and uh, congratulations on the award. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. Well, let's kick off the show here by discussing what you like to call the power of losing, Gary. Uh, no one likes to lose, but somehow you seem to find a certain strength uh, from losing, kind of a silver lining. Uh, tell us about your philosophy on that issue. Well, you know, nobody wants to come in second place in a lawsuit, and lawyers are exceptionally competitive. And I have found over my career that uh, in talking to the best lawyers around, they always remember the cases they, they lose. And they, they are very profound in our lives. And I think that on the other hand, uh, it's really taboo to talk about losing with lawyers. We're just not supposed to talk about that. We go to the conventions, and it's how to win and voir dire and opening statement and cross-examination and closing. Nobody talks about how to lose. And so a number of years ago, I wrote an article called The Art of Losing, and I'm one of the few lawyers around that's ever really addressed uh, the fact that we do learn important lessons from our losing, and I've uh, lectured and talked on this subject extensively. So the, the truth of the matter is that we are going to lose once in a while, and when that happens, we need to understand that there can be important, uh, life-changing messages in these losses for us, and and to deal with them rather than going into denial and ignoring these and uh, just you know getting into workaholism or right. other addictions to deal with the pain of these losses. Well, I'm sure we're going to discuss that a little later today. Mm-hmm. So, so I have given a, a lecture called Lessons in Losing, and I have a, a number of, of uh, lessons that I uh, talk about that we can learn from losing. And if you'd like, I'll, I'll run through them for a minute. Well, I tell you, let's, let's do that sure, in a little ahead. bit. Let's, uh, let's kind of take it uh, one at a time here. I know Doug has a good question for you. Yeah, Gary, hi sure. there. Thanks for being with us. Um, My pleasure. Thank you. Wondering, you said it's kind of taboo to talk about cases lost. Uh, would, you, uh, would you mind sharing you know, the first case that you had lost and uh, and how you went about dealing with that and its effects? Yes. Let me tell you, this wasn't necessarily the first case I lost, but it was by far the most important case I lost. And I actually start my book with this, because it's titled The Verdict. I was trying a, a case. I was about 40 years old, 15 years in practice, and I had the, by far the biggest case in my career. And it was a case against General Motors, which at the time was not only solvent, but was the largest, <laughs> most powerful corporation in the world. This was back in the 70s. Yeah, good old days. Uh, we had a, I represented a woman who was a passenger in a 1973 uh, GM pickup truck. Her husband was driving. There was a young child in the car. And another car came across the center line and hit the left side of the vehicle, and it exploded into flames and killed her husband, uh, killed the child, burned her beyond belief. She was eight months pregnant. She lost her child, lost the fingers on her right hand. It was a horrible case. And so we sued General Motors on a defective design theory, a products liability theory, contending that the gas tank was situated right outside the left-hand uh, uh, panel of the driver's seat there. And it was outside the frame. And we contended the gas tank should have been placed back under the bed of the pickup truck where it would have been more safe. And many other vehicles had that design. So it was what we call a saddleback design. Mm -hmm. With the uh, There were twin... Uh, gas tanks hanging out on both sides, and they were very vulnerable to any kind of a side impact. Now, it was a very 
serious collision. The guy was going about 80 miles an hour to hit him, and the cars were badly burned. So we tried the case in Contra Costa County, and after a long uh, four- or five-week trial, uh, the verdict came in, and um, I'll just tell you briefly how I start the book, and it was as follows. Uh, My heart pounded like crazy. Uh, My emotions went from fear to anxiety to excitement. They'd reached their decision after days of deliberation. The jury walked into the courtroom. There were only 11 of them. One of them had been thrown off at my request. She was a General Motors stockholder, and the other jurors had complained about her during jury deliberations, and I moved to kick her off because she'd gone to the library to get information. Now, this was way back when. And the judge had thrown her off at my request and over the vigorous uh, dissent of the GM uh, lawyer. So I felt very good about that. The jury had deliberated a long time, and I was quite certain we were going to win by far my big million-dollar verdict. The verdict came in, and, uh, you know, Doug, I'll never forget it. I was sitting there with my client next to me and just waiting for this big verdict, and they, they read the verdict in the courtroom, and it says, We, the jury, in the above-entitled case, find in favor of the defendant, General Motors, and award the plaintiff nothing. Wow. <laughs> when they said that... I felt like somebody had actually hit me in the stomach and knocked all the air out of me. I could barely breathe. I looked over at my client as tears streamed down her face. Um, After gathering myself, I congratulated the defense attorney who was a civil and a very good lawyer. And immediately afterwards, we talked to the jury. The jury foreman had been one of the two jurors. It had been a 9-2 verdict who ruled in our favor. And as I walked up to him and stuck out my hand, the first question he asked me is, Mr. William, why did you throw that? Why did the judge throw that juror off? She says, you was your strongest juror. Wow. And so I'd uh, won the battle and lost the war. Yeah. Now, we had put up in our small law firm $100,000 in that case, an unheard of amount of money in, wow. in our out-of-pocket expenses back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And my partners were watching. The legal community was watching. And I could not face them. I could not go to the phone because we had to go to a pay phone to call. I couldn't call the office, didn't want to call my wife. And I'll tell you what I did. I picked up a couple of six packs of beer, drove over to a dark, quiet place, and I started drinking my car. Hmm. I, I just did not want to deal with it. You didn't want to face it. Yeah. You blamed yourself, and, didn't and you? This, and I started my book by just reflecting back on where was I in my life. I mean, I was a successful young lawyer. I was married, had good kids. Why was I, you know, feeling like I really almost wanted to die over this verdict? And so, as a result of looking back on this and trying cases later in my life, I decided that I needed to share with other lawyers these feelings we have of shame. And the word is not guilt, it's shame. It feels like we have done something wrong when we've lost this case, these cases. And many lawyers have given up their careers over very tough losses. And uh, many of them turned to alcohol and depression. So it it can be a tremendously um, profound and difficult event if we don't know how to deal with it. Well, you know... As you said, you, you, you tend to blame yourself, and uh, right. you, look at, you look in that mirror and you can't imagine that uh, anyone's going to be able to be accepting of the fact that you didn't, uh, you didn't get the result you wanted. So, exactly. so what is that? Uh, obviously, it, it plays on your emotions. You said you know, people start to drink. They start to, sometimes, I guess, they start to embellish the truth about things. 
Uh, yeah, you want to withdraw? You want to withdraw. You want to go. You want. You know, it's very interesting losing. Let's take it out of the context of lawyering for a second. Mm-hmm. Tom Watson just lost the uh, the British Open a few. You know, last week. I don't Remember know if, you, if you're into that. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was he was right there at the at the brink of victory and a, and a wonderful story. And when he lost, they asked him how did it feel, and he said almost what you said. He felt right. like someone hit him in the stomach. You know, very interesting that that same thing. He felt like he let a lot of people down, and uh, it's tough to get over, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I'll give you another example. Uh, you know, Michael Phelps, eight gold medals, one of them by one one hundredth of a second. Such a short time we can't imagine it. And I would ask you this question: If he had lost that by one one hundredth of a second, and some people think he may have lost it, and he had eight gold medals and one silver, which race do you think he would remember for the rest of his life sure the silver the silver losing race absolutely and he was he was interviewed uh, by anderson cooper on cnn and he said you know why do you you know what makes you so competitive and, and he says it's the fear of losing so this is true of all of all of us in many areas whether it's business areas or sports areas or or anything competitive and it's something that we need to deal with because it, the consequences can be grave if you're not ready to accept that defeat. What's an interesting point, Gary, kind of along those lines, do you think taking that on and trying to accept uh, the idea that loss is okay, do you think every lawyer needs to be able to do that, or do you think that would take away from their competitive nature uh, when they're trying these cases? Well, that's a very interesting question because I I have tried to deal with it myself. I think you need to start by going into a case with with a little greater understanding that it's not all about you. I've had expert witnesses tell me that they've won a bunch of cases and lost them. And anybody who's ever been involved in cases knows that an expert witness doesn't win or lose it. But we as trial lawyers think we lose it. It's I lost it. You know, the big I, me, me. And in point of fact, when you're talking about a jury trial, you're talking about 12 people with their own different minds, a judge that you don't have any control over, a defense attorney that may be very capable that you don't have any control over, and witnesses that are going to do and say things that no matter how prepared you are, uh, you just don't have full control. And to think that you can control this set of dynamics with all of the uh, options and uh, uh, potentials for different results is a little egotistical, but we do feel that way. And if we entered the the contest with the idea that we are going to do the very best we can, and we're going to go with a relaxed attitude that we're right and we expect to win and hope to win, but with the understanding that there may be a higher power up there that says maybe you're not supposed to win, I think that we perform better than if we think, my God, losing this is going to be the worst thing that ever happened and everybody's watching me and how will I feel if I lose? And this fear of losing, this fear, fear, does not make you perform at your best. So if you're so motivated by fear, yes, you may work hard, but you're going to be anxious. You're not going to be performing your best. I think great athletes like Michael Jordan and others performed at a level very high by going into it on a relaxed basis, not on so fired up and, and fearful of losing that they might make a mistake well don't, don't you find don't you find gary also that uh, sometimes people rationalize their loss they say it wasn't meant to be uh it wasn't fated to happen uh i don't know whether that takes the blame off of them but but sometimes people feel that way that it wasn't their time but, but I, 
But I think that's true. You see, my philosophy is that things are meant to happen for a reason, mm-hmm. and that oftentimes when you, when you lose a case, good things come out of it. Great people. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt talked about how uh, losses make you better. And when you look at people like Abraham Lincoln, who lost every race that he did before he became president, you look at a whole series of people that lost and lost before they won. And sometimes we're meant to lose. Sometimes they, they hone us. They make us stronger. One of the one of the important lessons we learn from losing is courage, the courage to stand up and go to the next fight and the next battle. And if you don't have that, if you win and win and win, then that loss might break you because you're not prepared for it. Yeah. And we need to have compassion for ourselves and for others when we lose and not be so judgmental about it. So there's a lot of things that we need to learn from losses that will make us not only better lawyers, but more importantly, much better human beings. You know, in our business and the business of, let's say, sales, uh, we, we tend to lose all the time because not every not every sales call results in a, in a, in a victory. And uh, it's, almost akin, it's almost akin to what you're talking about because I think sure. the, most, yeah, the most important word uh, in our vocabulary, I think, is persistence. We have to just keep on, keep on going. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break right now, Gary, and uh, we'll get back in just a second and uh, we'll talk more with you about how to deal with stress during a trial. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio. Legal information, trends, and topics from Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Experience counts. Over 140,000 cases structured. This is Ringler Radio. From Ringler Associates, placing more than $20 billion in structures over the past 30 years, and one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. This is Ringler Radio, celebrating three years on the Legal Talk Network with topics important to the legal community. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Ringler Radio. It's free. Did you know the number of listeners to Ringler Radio doubled in 2008? Thanks to our loyal listeners and welcome to all our new listeners as well. Well, welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and glad you joined us again today. And we're back with our special guest, Attorney Gary Gwilliam from uh, Oakland, California, and uh, also here with me is uh, Doug Merritt, a Ringler associate from the Bay Area, as they say in California. That's right, Larry. And uh, both of these individuals are uh, local to our venue. We're just sitting right here in San Francisco. I came from Boston, so you're lucky. Uh, you guys are lucky. You had nowhere nowhere to go. Well, Gary, trial lawyers put a lot into preparing for trial. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of stress. I mean, I, I've see, I see it in a lot of the plaintiff attorneys and defense attorneys that I come into contact with. Uh, you know, their hair's falling out. They're staying up late. It's it's a big, big, uh, stressful event for them. How do they deal with that? Well, you know, the first thing you have to do is, is like a, a lot of things, is you got to be aware of how the stress is affecting you. And uh, and and here's some of the symptoms that that come about from too much stress: fatigue, lack of energy, irritability. Feelings of depression, maybe feelings of need to take a drink or, or, or find a way to relieve the pain of the stress we're under. These are, these are the symptoms you need to be aware of, but 
sometimes lawyers think they're like super people and that, you know, they're, they, we can just drive on and on and they're highly competitive, very smart people. And this denial of the stress uh, can sometimes cause them serious problems. So, you know, I, I, if you want me to talk for a minute, I'll give you two or three ways that I think we can deal with stress. Well, we're going to do that. Well, what happens okay. if uh, stress takes over, especially while you're uh, in your job, you're in the courtroom a lot trying cases? How does it affect you in that environment? Well, I don't, it, certainly it, it doesn't. It, it can severely affect your performance. You can burn out if you're tired, you're running down, you're depressed. You might not care anymore or you might overtry it or, or get overtired. And the next thing you know, you're irritable, you're popping off, you're making mistakes, you're not thinking clearly. It can affect your concentration, your your memory. I mean, it, it can just absolutely destroy your uh, competence as a trial lawyer um, and in a courtroom. I assume, Gary, that uh, it doesn't go undetected. I guess clients can detect if you're stressful. It probably affects their, their uh, outlook on things during trial. And I guess opposing lawyers use it as a, as a weapon against you. Well, they can. I mean, you, you can tell when a person's stressed. I mean, their faces get all tight. They're looking tired. They've got bags under their eyes oftentimes. And, and the irritability and the fact that they're, they're all of a sudden uh, uh, not uh, you know, quite being themselves, there's no humor there, this kind of tenseness that, that happens, uh, yeah, you can pick that up. And the other lawyer doesn't have to do anything but let you, uh, you know, ruin your own case or your own self when, uh, when you're functioning in a totally overstressed situation. Gary, um, actually, I, uh, I, I feel that way sometimes, too. I know <laughs> if I go uh, a long time without going to the gym, um, doing a fair bit of weights or, or any other kind of physical activity, I find even worse. Um, one of the things I think you recommend is that uh, get physical. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I certainly think you need to start taking care of your body. And I think oftentimes we are not in touch with ourselves. So it's obvious that maybe exercise, I, my exercise of choice is walking. I really, I live on Lake Merritt. I mean, my office is on Lake, Lake Merritt. It's three miles around the lake. It's a wonderful walk. Was it named for and Doug? When what I get is Lake walk, Doug Merritt on Lake Merritt. I, I was wish, Lake Merritt named for Doug Merritt? That's pretty I wish, cool. Larry, that would be nice. There you go. <laughs> great, great place. But I think that part of the, I think the most important thing we can do to help our energy and, and getting rid of our stress is bring us back to our energy and beginning to go to the other end, which is performing a peak performance. And I think the most important thing we can do is to be aware of our breath. In talking to lawyers time and time again, I ask them if they're aware of breathing or consciously aware of it. And usually only one or two hands go up, a very small percent uh, do that or do meditation. So you need to do belly breathing. You need to be sure that you are actually getting the oxygen into your system by doing deep breathing. And if you take three deep breaths just before you're getting ready to do any stressful event, a closing argument or beginning your case, you will relax a little bit. And then conscious relaxation through uh, being aware of, of, of it by meditating, taking a little time for yourself. All of this is very important to... Uh, operating at peak performance and operating without uh, uh, stress uh, running the show. Well, you know, obviously these are a few tips you're offering here. Uh, in your book, do you do you outline all these tips to how people can really reduce their stress as they go through their daily lives? Yeah, I do. I talk about what happened to me when, when I didn't do it and what happened to me when I did. And one of the things that happened to me is that I began drinking too much and got into some serious problems with alcohol because I was using that to... Uh, try and de-stress myself and take away, uh, you know, when you begin to drink for stress, uh, you've got a problem. You're not drinking for fun anymore and you need a drink. And that's certainly a, a fundamental um, 
theme in my book. Yeah, Gary, you're you're able to uh, obviously move away from it without uh, the alcohol. You uh, recommend forgetting about the cases, maybe lost stepping back and taking time to relax pre-trial. Um, how did doing those things versus uh, drinking or other uh, negative habits affect the overall performance? Again, you know, you're, you're going to perform much better when you when you, it's about energy, and and when your energy is good and you feel good and your and, and your uh, your 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 concentration's good, you're focused, you're staying there, you're not scattered, and your mind's not wandering. It's just like trying to perform when you're dead tired. If you stayed up all night and tried to do a big exam or go to court, you wouldn't function well. Well, that's kind of what stress does as a, uh, you know, as, as in a long-term basis. It just kind of, day after day, it, it does this way of just kind of beating you down. But one more thing I think that's really important is you need to get away from your work mm-hmm. and take some vacations and, uh, and get completely away f- from doing any law. I want to leave, uh, give you a little quote that I've uh, heard and really sticks with me, and that is, no man on his deathbed ever said, I wish I'd spent more time in the office. <laughs> really, yeah. No, I, I've heard that. I've heard You're aware that. of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Most most yeah. people would rather be on Ringler Radio, I think. <laughs> We're happy to be here. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. How do you apply all these techniques, Gary, when, you, when you're in your own practice? You're obviously still practicing law. How, do you, sure. how are you applying these to your day-to-day activities, and uh, does it help you in the in the in the win-loss scenario as you go to trial? I think well, it certainly helps me be a happier and a better person, Larry. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you though something. I'm not a guru. I mean, this isn't this is a little bit do as I say and not as I do because it is hard. You know, when you get involved in the daily rush of our business, whether it's trying cases or or daily practice, or whatever we're doing, it's so easy to lose track of these concepts. And you just have to keep reminding yourself and start yourself every day by saying, well, I'm going to I'm gonna breathe deep, I'm going to keep my energy, I'm going to take time to get away from the office and do a little workout or take my exercise. And you just have to stay with it. It's like any other thing. It's so easy to slip back into bad habits. No and question. And so I need, to be, I need to work out every single day. It doesn't come automatically to me. It's something I have to be constantly aware of. Well, there are a lot of trial attorneys out here at the AAJ, and I'm sure they would all love to hear you uh, talk about some of these issues. Give me some final advice that you like to give to trial attorneys who uh, are experiencing these kinds of stress-related symptoms. What, what would you tell an audience out here as they move forward in their practice? Well, I think the most important thing I've seen in talking to thousands of lawyers over the, or about these issues and various issues, whether it's losing or distress, is that you have to you have to take care of yourself and be be not don't be so hard on yourself. Don't think that you have to work twenty four seven hundred hour weeks to be successful. You need to step back and give yourself some time, give your family some time. You know, take the time to enjoy yourself a little bit, and you will perform a lot better. And I think it's so easy to kind of lose sight of this in this important and. Uh, time-consuming work that we do, that lawyers just don't give themselves any time or credit, and they're too hard on themselves. And I think if they go a little easy on themselves and begin to enjoy life a little better, they'll perform better. Well, that's terrific advice, and I don't think anybody's better at giving it right now than you, Gary. Uh, If someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Well, you know, I'm I'm in Oakland. I've got this unusual name, Gwilliam. It's just like William with the G in front of it, G-W-I-L-L-I-A-M. That's the first name of my law firm. You can Google me. You can go to Oakland. 
I've got a website, GaryWilliam.com, but um, I'm very easy to find because if you just type my name in and put Oakland, you'll find me. It's a pretty, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty unique name. Yeah. My, there's less than one million people have my name. Absolutely. And on that website, they will find information about your book. Is that right? Yeah, that, yeah, they'll find information about my book, and they can buy it. best thing to do is buy it right from my office, and I can personalize it and send it to them on a better basis than they can get it through Amazon. So Ter- terrific. And, Doug, if someone wanted to talk to you, how would they get a hold of you? Well, we're in the uh, Ringler Associates Walnut Creek office, just a little bit uh, outside of San Francisco. Um, likewise, you can find us online um, as well. So thank you for having me, Larry. Very good. Uh, and if any of you out there are first-time listeners, you should know every Ringler Radio Show can be downloaded from our website, ringlerassociates.com, or the Legal Talk Network at legaltalknetwork.com, or you can even download it from your uh, from iTunes onto your iPod. And as you uh, jog around Merritt Lake, you can listen uh, on your iPod and your little earbuds there. I think you can do that, Gary. Huh? That'll be good. You got it. You got it. Sir. Well, I listen, love your show. Terrific. Well, have a great day, uh, Gary, and uh, all of you out there, thanks for listening, and let's uh, have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Prudential.